Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Hey, Nicole. It's so great to see you. How are you? I am doing well, Chris. How are you today? Always great. Always great. Always excited to talk about horses. And today's topic... I'm not going to lie. I'm a little giddy. Uh, Omega fatty acids and people like, oh, what a dork. But (laughs) 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 because we did a lot of research, uh, you know, Dr. Angie Adkin, uh, when I was working with her and Lori Warren down in Florida, we did some work on omega fatty acids that I'd like to share a little bit about. And it was fascinating uh, behavior with horses. So I'm, I'm excited about this topic because Omega fatty acids are a critical or important nutrient, aren't they? Oh, yeah. No, they are very important. And, uh, you know, kind of piggybacking off our last podcast, this happens a lot, you know, something we're learning more and more about. So thinking, even taking a step back from omega fatty acids, you know, why do we add fat to horses' diets is probably the place to start. Mm-hmm. You know, the very traditional horse diet was high in sugar and starch and low in fat, because the natural diet of the horse is low in fat, you know, but we've learned over time that horses actually can tolerate and oftentimes benefit from much higher amounts of fat in their diet than what we'd call the natural diet of the horse, which would only be two or 3% fat. It Mm -hmm. does things like keep meal sizes smaller, helps us decrease the sugar and starch in their diet while still adding a lot of calories. And there's also some really interesting research on how it can, you know, improve energetic efficiency, improving performance, endurance, fun stuff like that. So once we realized we could put a heck of a lot more fat in the horse's diet than we originally did, Then you start to ask, well, like what type of fat, what composition of fat, how does that impact the horse further? That's where we start delving down into those omega fatty acids. So omega fatty acids are the smaller components of fat. So the ones you hear the most about are the omega-3 and the omega-6 fatty acids for a couple reasons. Probably the biggest one, they're dietarily essential. The horse cannot make them on their own. In fact, no mammals have the enzymes to make their own omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. The reason they're called what they are is, you know, all sorts of real sciencey stuff, but it's related to the location of the double bonds on this chain of molecules. That's how you group them into omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. And probably the part that most horse owners actually care about, not the nomenclature, um, Mm -hmm. but in fact that omega-3 fatty acids are part of what we call an anti-inflammatory cascade in the body. And omega-6 fatty acids are part of a pro-inflammatory cascade in the body. So we got anti-inflammatory and pro-inflammatory. So this is where the discussion I think can get really interesting is, and we'll get there, we'll get there, the the ratio, because they, they do two completely different things, right? In some senses, yes. In other senses, they're working together, right? They're both calories. They can both be burned as fuel. They're both incorporated into cell membranes, but they they also go through some very specific pathways in the body that are different as well. Okay. 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 Now, studying this, there is a thought that omega-3s are, I'll put it in quotes, better for our horses. I know we need, we need omega-6s, but is it true that omega-3s 
are, are, are really important uh, to the horse. They are definitely very important. They do need both of them. And interestingly enough, if you actually look at requirements, we've only discovered the minimum requirement for linoleic acid, which is an omega-6 in the diet. So we know the minimum amount of linoleic acid required. We actually don't know the minimum amount of omega-3 required in the diet. Omega-3, especially when we start supplementing lots of fat, there are definitely benefits to pushing more towards some of those omega-3s. Omega-6s aren't bad, though, right? They're Mm -hmm. calories, they're fuel, not all inflammation is bad inflammation. Like The reason that cascade exists is because some pro-inflammation is actually part of the healing process. So there's a little bit of a balance there. But when we start thinking about what should be in the diet, I think it's important to realize that both of them are important. We don't know the exact ratio between Mm -hmm. the two, but what we do know is when we shift towards more omega-3s versus lots and lots of omega-6s, we can actually lessen the inflammatory response to physical or chemical stimuli. Basically, there are less precursors for inflammation when there's lots of omega-3 in the diet. Now, that doesn't mean that the things that cause inflammation are driven by omega-6s. I think this is a common misconception. There really hasn't been research in the horse that links inflammatory conditions being caused by omega-6s. We do know a horse with those inflammatory conditions benefit from more omega-3. So it's kind of an interesting thing that we're still learning a lot about. Overall, if you look at the total diet of the horse, we don't know the exact ratio of omega-3s and omega-6s that we need in the diet. If you borrow from human research, one-to-one seems like a pretty good target. Looking at the natural diet of the horse, so like just forage, most of the omegas and forage are omega-3s. So that would also support they need more omega-3s in their diet. Where things get a little bit interesting is what is the composition of supplemental fat in the diet? So if you feed a high fat feed that has added fat to it, what's the composition of that Mm -hmm. fat? Mm-hmm. Almost always your bagged commercial feeds are going to be using sources that are higher in omega-6s than they are omega-3s. So if you look at a tribute tag, for example, there's more omega-6 than omega-3 in a high-fat feed. And you're like, oh, omega-6s are bad. What the heck are those idiots doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the other I'm part serious, to right, the other part to realize is we're still looking at the total diet. Even Mm -hmm. though your forage is low fat, the horse eats a lot of it. A lot of those fats are omega-3s. So oftentimes when I kind of look at the balance, even though I'm feeding a higher fat feed that's a little higher in omega-6s, the total diet is often still higher in omega-3s. Where I start to get concerned is when we're doing lots of fat supplementation, because Mm -hmm. it is possible to upset that balance when we start doing high, high levels of fat, Mm -hmm. if those come from high omega-6 sources. But in general, we do know that higher omega-3, very logical, right? Natural diet, all of that stuff. And supplementing horses with those inflammatory conditions, we decrease the amount of 
precursors for pro-inflammatory cascades. And we see improvements in things like allergic inflammation, sweet itch. We see improvements in semen quality. We see improvements. Actually, there's some more recent research looking at horses with arthritis in the joint that increased levels of omega-3 can be helpful for that as well. But no research that says that high omega-6s cause those problems, just that horses who have those problems can improve with more omega-3s in their diet or better support them. Well, I just really quick, okay, you talk about omega-3s. So what we did down in Florida is we were supplementing with omega-3 fatty acids and we were completely blind to the supplements with the feed company we were working with. We fed mares during pregnancy diets higher in omega-3s and you know, we looked at the repro stuff. We looked at obviously the dietary uh, levels and the, and the blood, all those things. But what was really interesting was Angie designed this really robust uh, behavior study looking at the consequences on the foals born of these mares that were supplemented with omega-3s. Because any woman that's pregnant or or has been pregnant, you know, you see a lot of prenatal supplements pushing omega fatty acids, you know, omega-3 fatty acids. Mm So anyways, this was about 10 years ago. To carry this out, in essence, what Angie found was foals that were born of these mares, diets higher in omega-3s, were calmer, they were easier to train, uh, they, they were more intelligent, you know, figuring out tasks easier at three, four, five weeks of age. So then when Angie, you know, just tried to sum this all up, she went back and looked at them when they were uh, yearlings, two-year-olds. In summary, what she found was these foals that were born from mares supplemented with omega-3 fatty acids were easier to train. They were much more calm. They, you know, she did all sorts of uh, stress testing. It was just amazing to see the effects that, that lasted for years. So it really, you know, we all bought into this omega threes are really important, but we're still finding out with our horses, right? So when we talk about this, Nicole, these omega sixes and omega threes, do we know what ratio we should be feeding them? Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, we, we just don't have the research in horses to be like, this, this is the target. Again, we know that minimum amount of omega-6 they need in their diet, which is like 45, 50 grams a day. And then we really rely on that information available from the human side because there's been so much more research. Whether that's the right number, we can't say that for sure, but at least mm-hmm. gives us a starting place. So you would hope as you know, our, our information continues to build that at some point we will get there. But yeah, that one-to-one is kind of a generally accepted target, but we do recognize this was not specifically derived in horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot more to learn. Right. Now the sources we, we, we've touched upon it. So forage higher in omega threes, correct. Does, whether legume or grass. Yep. Correct. Even though they are lower fat, you know, only two to 3%. Yeah. yeah not much of, in there. <laughs> yeah. It's not a uh, lot. <laughs> of your fat, but you feed 20 or 30 a pounds lot a day. Of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They eat a lot of it. <laughs> yep. It starts to add up. Yeah. 
So in general, like you're getting more omega-3s already coming from your forage. That's a positive thing. Um, Certainly more in fresh grass than in stored hay. So there's some breakdown of some of those omega-3 fatty acids in our stored hay, but they're still there. And then after that, you start looking at your ingredients. So like your cereal grains, things like those are going to be higher in omega-6s. Again, they're not bringing a ton of fat to the diet. uh, So they're not largely that impactful. Once we start looking at the oils, both what we would put, you know, for example, Mm -hmm. on a feed and then what's available in terms of supplements, that's where you really start honing in. So the very traditional oil that was fed to horses was corn oil, like old, like horse trader secret was like a couple tablespoons of oil made a horse fat and shiny corn oil, really palatable, but it's got essentially no omega-3 fatty acids. It's all omega-6 fatty acids. Um, So if we think about a ratio of omega-6 to omega-1, like anywhere from 45 to 50 parts omega-6 to omega-3, because basically they're zero. Mm -hmm. So that would be a really challenging one to add even on the outside of a pellet, for example, and Mm -hmm. still get that total diet balance. So If you see things like vegetable oil as the fat source on your tag, vegetable oil is corn and soy oil, and the composition changes kind of depending on the markets. So that's more likely to have more omega-6s on a pellet, for example, if you see a corn oil or a vegetable oil as that source of fat. We use soy oil and canola oil as some options. So soy oil is about seven parts omega-6 to one part omega-3. So still higher omega-6, but you can get, it's a lot easier to balance the total diet. Uh, Canola actually does a bit better. It's about two to one. So we're getting Mm -hmm. closer to that ideal balance. Those are the ones that tend to go on a feed, for example. Mm -hmm. If we then move into actual like supplement top dress type oils, Uh, flax would be a really popular one. Um, That has more omega-3s than omega-6s. That's, you know, four to five times higher in omega-3s. Then things like your fish oil, super high in Mm omega-3s. But, you know, we can start running into palatability issues with, with some of these. So like I said earlier, I don't get like wildly concerned about that balance until I'm really heavy supplementing the fat because it often is balanced out by the forage just when feeding, you know, you feed six pounds of a 12% fat feed, you're still getting more omega-3s. But when we start kind of adding, especially like if you're putting cups of oil on top of the diet, that's where we can see things push too strongly towards the omega-6s and really cause issues. And then I'd start thinking more about some of the boutique oils um, instead of, you know, just corn oil you might buy at the grocery store, for example. But the downside is expense. Yeah. The higher they are in omega-3s, the more expensive they often are mm-hmm. just as a mm-hmm. function of those ingredients themselves. Um palatability and stability. So, you know, they're less stable oils. So if they're not stored well, or they don't have a stabilizer in them, they can go rancid. Again, causes palatability issues as well. So there, there are some challenges there when we look at that. One way you could get around that, you could go a step further than just an omega-3. So if you look at the actual transformations in the body, your alpha-linolenic acid is transformed into 
further compounds, one of those being DHA. It's further down that anti-inflammatory cascade. So if you have a horse who has things like allergic inflammation or we're trying to make our foals smarter, some of those things, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you could actually go a step further down and actually look at a DHA supplement. And that would Mm -hmm. be a great way to bring some balance to the diet and get some of those positive anti-inflammatory cascade attributes. Right. Right, right, right. I, I mean, it, it, and I know the research is ongoing. I, I know it because there, there is like, you know, work like Angie and Lori did. Others around the country, around the world are looking at this in horses and finding, you know, fascinating stuff with health. It just oh. is, is really impacting it. Absolutely. I mean, we've sponsored some studies at universities specifically focused on DHA and exercise recovery Mm -hmm. um, and definitely found improvements in exercise recovery, decreases in those inflammatory markers with a DHA supplement. Uh, The one we have is called Natural Remedy, and that is based on the results from those university trials that we did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Now, final, final question I have for you is, can we overfeed this? You, you mentioned it, you know, overfeeding oils, but do we have to be cautious or should owners be cautious in how much they feed? Very good question. Yes, there is too much of a good thing. So kind of going all the way back to the beginning, we didn't traditionally feed a lot of fat in the horse's diet. They don't have a gallbladder. So we didn't think we could. Turns out they just directly secrete bile acids, which digest fat directly into the small intestine. They don't store them up the way we would in a gallbladder. What we have learned, though, is if we put too much fat in the horse's diet, and it doesn't matter if it's omega-3s, omega-6s. I mean, technically, you could even feed saturated fats like animal fats. It's not very palatable, but the horse could digest it to a certain extent. But what we learned in that original research in terms of how much fat can we put in the horse's diet is that, you know, ultimately we could put up to 20% fat in the horse's total diet, but that was a complete diet fed all the way across the day. Mm-hmm. In individual meals, we're more limited in how much fat we can put in the diet simply because if all of that fat isn't digested in the small intestine, it ends up in the hindgut of the horse. And particularly our polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are what our omega-3 and omega-6s, any liquid oil is primarily polyunsaturated. Those kill the fiber digesting bacteria that live in the hindgut of the horse. Mm -hmm. So even though you're adding calories, you're going, why is my horse not gaining weight? Well, if all of that fat isn't digested and absorbed in the small intestine, it goes to the hindgut makes your horse digest its hay less efficiently and it extracts less total calories Mm -hmm. from the diet. So yes, there definitely is a concern on just putting too much fat in the horse's diet, whether it's omega-6 or omega-3. And typically, you know, you're adding more calories, they're not gaining weight. Um, In an extreme case, you'll start seeing kind of like a good greasy type diarrhea because that's just the fat coming out the back end of the horse. In terms of can you feed too many omega-6s, quantity-wise, I would say if it's in balance, probably not. Um, But certainly, you know, if you're feeding cups of corn oil, we are definitely really pushing the opportunity for that inflammatory response. Because again, what it goes down to, if we feed more omega-3s, there are less precursors for inflammation when the horse is stressed by something. Yeah. And Lord knows life for horses is stressful. There are going to I be know, things know, that always. cause these. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, we certainly limited by how much 
total fat we can add in the diet. If you're adding liquid fat, um, kind of the rule of thumb is average size horse can work up to one cup per meal. That's a lot of fat. Um, and you would not add that much fat on top of a feed that was already high fat. Um, but certainly when I start thinking about omega threes and omega sixes, if I am supplementing fat on top of, you know, I'm already feeding a feed that has fat built in, that's probably balanced. But when I start supplementing more fat, that's where I'm really focused on what is the balance of that supplement, particularly if I have a horse who has some sort of underlying inflammatory condition, whether Mm -hmm. that is arthritis just from wear and tear from a jobs, things like heaves or COPD, allergic inflammation, sweet itch, all of those things, even though they're not caused by omega-6s, they can often be helped by more omega-3s. Well, I think we just leave it there. It, it, it is a fun topic I, it, because there is a lot of fun, exciting research going on out there about it. And, and I remember when we started, it was like 15 years ago, like fats became like the thing in equine <laughs> yep. nutrition. And it was like, feed more fat, feed more fat. So all of this is, has, has been just accumulating in the last few years and just some wonderful data that Tribute's doing, uh, universities are doing, I know other countries are doing. So so thank you for, thank you for what you do, Nicole. You, you are making the lives better for our horses. And that is the goal and we have fun doing it. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's the goal of our podcast, you know, so... Thank you for those kind reviews on iTunes. You know, please share this with your equine enthusiast friends. Keep those comments coming. Please suggest topics to us. You can follow us on Facebook. Reach out to the tribute team. Let them know what you want to hear. And Nicole and I will put it on our calendar. But thank you so much, Nicole. And and thank you for listening. Thank you.